Good morning. Anybody awake out there? Attitude check. All right, there is somebody alive out there. Good to see everybody here this morning. Mm, good to be anywhere at our age, Mitch. Mm, quite all right. <laughs> oh, it is good to see everyone here this morning. Nice sunshiny day. Chilly, but not cold. Always warm in our hearts. <laughs> Not much in the way of announcements this morning. We uh, we did learn this week that the uh, the old settlers tent meeting, which usually takes place on Sunday morning after old settlers weekend, will not be held this year. Preachers decided they didn't want. Well, why did you, Mitch? That's good reason. Uh, uh, Troy's not doing uh, sound anymore, mm-hmm. so we didn't have anybody lined up for that. So, plus all the concerns about COVID, right? In this uh, second round or third round or whatever they're talking about. So, uh, for all of those reasons, we decided to forego this year and wait till next year. Right. Do it up right next year. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Celebrate enough for three years. Sounds good to me. I don't know if we stand at much celebration. I'm not sure where I am this morning, Lord. Lexington Christian Church. Lexington Christian Church, right, in beautiful metro, beautiful metropolitan downtown Lexington. Yes, good. Anybody have birthdays this week? No. Anniversaries. No. All right. So then let's uh, let's just continue to praise the Lord with turning to uh, hymn number 16. How great thou art. Let's stand and sing. And there proclaim my 
my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Praise the Lord anyway. We are standing. We're standing on holy ground. Number 83, let's sing. Father and God, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for life everlasting. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what we are faced with in this life, you are with us and you walk with us through the fire. And you bring us out on the other side the way you want us. Lord, you mold us and make us this morning. Mm -hmm. We surrender. We surrender all to you, Lord. We surrender all to you. We ask you, Lord, to help us to search our hearts. Search our hearts and see if there be any wicked way in us, Lord. And if there is, point it out that we may set it straight, get it right, repent of our sin, and turn to you that you may heal our land. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number 253, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but low. 
tempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to His blood. See from His head, His hands, His feet, sorrow and love flow mingle down. Did such love and sorrow meet? Or thorns compose so rich? has our communion meditation this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Apologize for the rough sound today. Um, this is about victory in Jesus. Amen. There's a, an old gospel hymn, Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. That time-honored chorus speaks volumes to us. Notice it does not say victory for Jesus, rather victory in Jesus. It was not Jesus who needed a victory. It was not Jesus that had a sin problem. It is not Jesus who was powerless against death. It was not Jesus who was helplessly separated from God. But God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son to accomplish what we could not, conquer sin and death, restoring man's relationship with God. We can be victorious in Jesus because the victory was for us. A profound expression of a God's undying love for his children. When we come together for communion, we reflect on Christ's life and what it means to us as individuals and what it means to us as a body. Today we celebrate his glorious resurrection, evidence that he was all that he said he was, that he is able to save, that he is the way, the truth, truth and the life that he is love, he is the word, that he is the light, that he is the good shepherd, our king, our priest, our God, and our salvation. With communion, we recognize that victory was not free. It came at a price. Jesus willingly suffered unspeakable humiliation and pain on the cross. It cost a body broken and innocent blood to be poured out for the redemption of sins. We remember his broken body with the bread. We remember his blood poured out for us with the cup. By doing this, we proclaim death. His, we proclaim his death and, and claim victory in Jesus. Amen. At the end of today's service, Brother Mitch will deliver an invitation to all here today. This invitation is over 2,000 years old and issued directly from Jesus himself. 
Jesus said, believe in me, follow me, remain in me. And to some, he might be saying, return to me. This is how we all claim victory in Jesus. Let's pray. Our dear Father, thank you for your victorious son who suffered, bled, and died on the cross and rose three days later. Let us partake in these emblems with a righteous heart and mind. Thank you for everything that you give us. We owe you all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room for the Passover meal, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, passed it among them, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat ye of it. And likewise the cup, when they had eaten, Jesus took it and giving thanks, passed it among them, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Amen. Let's stand for the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to number 495 as we continue to... Praise God this morning. I know who holds tomorrow.
don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty, but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that be my portion may be through the flame or flood. But His presence goes before me, and I'm covered with His blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, yet I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. Amen. You may be seated. Judy was unable to make it again this morning, so we're going to keep it in the family, and Mitch has our special for us. Morning. How y'all doing? All right. Oh, sorry I interrupted the song a while ago. I had to uh, make a little trip down the hall and uh, stopped with visit with Leroy. I told him that Walker sits better than any furniture I have in my house. Oh, thank you. And unfortunately, that's a true statement. (laughs) Well, half of this melody is going to be gone this morning because uh, Judy was going to let me sing with her. So you all know this song, Because He Lives, 275 in the hymnal, if you want to sing along with Mitch. Sorry, folks. (laughs) All right, because he lives. Listen to the message, the words in this song. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. Heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just Because he lives, how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he brings, but greater still. The calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives, because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives. 
All fear is gone Because I know He holds the future And life is worth the living Just because he lives And then one day I'll cross the river, I'll fight life's fight, no war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know He holds the future And life is worth the living Just because he lives Amen. Amen. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord. Oh. (laughs) Had the message already in that song, I think. Brother Wayne, you got the scripture reading, don't you? I better sit down and let you do that. I was about to do it for you. (laughs) Today's reading is Matthew 22, verses 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay for the imperial tax to Caesar or not? (laughs) But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius. And he asked them, whose image is this? And whose inscription? The Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Amen. Thank you, brother. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Oh, God is good. All the time. time. Man, you all are getting right on top of that. (laughs) Oh, how are you this morning, church? Blessed. Blessed. Amen. Glory to God. I tell you what, God is so good that every time we think we should complain, we should end up giving him praise and thanks. The devil wants us to focus on what we don't have. But God says be content with what we do have. Sometimes that ain't easy. (laughs) But it is necessary. We see in this uh, passage today, this continuation, uh, you know, Jesus just finished these parables uh, showing about what's right and what's not, the best way to do things and, and the way not to do things. And then these group of people, the Pharisees, decide they're going to trip him up. Now, the reason why is because paying taxes to Caesar, a Gentile, was considered a very bad thing. You don't give glory and honor to people outside of the covenant people. And so they come to him to ask him whether it's right or wrong. 
Should we or should we not pay our taxes to Caesar? You know, leading up to that question, they said a lot of things about Jesus that are true. Whether they intended to or not, (laughs) they said, teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. Check. (laughs) And that the way you... Uh, You teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Check. You aren't swayed by others. Check. (laughs) Because you pay no attention to who they are. Check. Don't matter if it's the president of the United States or the king. Jesus doesn't change to impress anybody. So they were right about a lot of these things. And I think there's a message right there that we need to pay attention to. You know, if he is our example, is he? All right. Then we should be people of integrity. What is integrity? Huh? Character. Character? Honesty? Yeah. You, you, You give your word, you keep your word. You say you're going to do something, do it. You say you're not going to do something, don't do it. You know, and... What we base on, what we say yes and no to, should be based on the Word of God. Not on our feelings or our opinions. Because they don't matter to God. Not not in the way that we want them to anyway. God doesn't bless our intentions. He blesses our obedience. Amen? Amen? And when we teach others... And let me tell you something, folks. You're all teachers, whether you realize it or not. Somebody's watching you. They say, oh, he goes to church. She goes to church. I'm going to see how they live and see if I can prove that they're just another person who's lying to themselves. And so people are watching us all the time. We are teachers whether we realize it or not. There's more to teaching than just standing before people or sitting down with people and telling them the way things are. They also need to see the example set in our lives. And unfortunately, I have to confess, I haven't always been good at that. But I'm trying. And I appreciate uh, the grace that's been extended. But... When we teach the way of God, he said, it has to be in accordance with the truth. What's the truth? God's word. He said, thy word is truth. And then Jesus said, I am the way, the and the life. So Jesus and the word, which Jesus and the word kind of go hand in hand, right? The logos, the word. Jesus is the truth, and his teaching from the word of God is the truth. So when we teach, we should be teaching the way of God from his word. Not from our opinions, not from what we think, not from the newspaper headlines, uh, not from some philosophy, from some psychologist, but the word of God. That's what matters. That's where integrity comes from. And we should pay no attention to who others are. We shouldn't be swayed by them. We shouldn't be swayed by others because of who they are. You know, there may be a celebrity preacher that we watch on TV or on the Internet. We need to make sure that we know that that person lives what they're teaching. And that's hard to do when you can't be around where they are. It's not wrong to listen to them. I'm not saying that. It's not wrong. Many of them are excellent. Some of them, though, are liars. <laughs> Just flat-out liars. They try to convince you that from the moment you accept Jesus Christ, you'll never have another problem in your life. You'll be a millionaire if you give all your money to Jesus. You'll be driving new cars, wearing great clothing, and you'll have everything just the way you want it. That has not been my experience. (laughs) If it's been yours, praise God. Teach me. 
In fact, the Bible says that when we live the way Jesus did, we will suffer persecution. Amen. Amen. That's what the Bible says. Now, it's not that God don't bless us. He does. But because we're serving him, because he blesses us, the devil gets jealous. And he wants to beat us up. Challenges us to say, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't listen to him. No. I mean, that's what he said in the garden, right? Is that what he really said? (laughs) He didn't mean it. He's lying to you to keep you from being like him. We have to be careful, folks. Then he goes on here. He says, but Jesus, knowing their evil intent. Now, have you ever had one of those encounters where somebody comes up to you and they want to bargain this or bargain that? And you can tell there's an evil intent. I'm going to take advantage of you. I'm going to take your money for nothing. (laughs) I'm going to cheat you. We've all had those experiences at some point in time. Somebody come up and start trying to sell us something that we don't want or need. And it's such a good price. Well, then you find out it's stolen. (laughs) No wonder it was such a good price. (laughs) He was just trying to get rid of it so he didn't get caught. So we have to, we have to uh, t- judge or at least take into consideration the circumstance of what's happening. But Jesus, in this case, knew their evil intent. And he says, you hypocrites. Wow. That's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? Uh, I mean, he's calling it like it is. He's telling the truth, folks. And today, I think we have some people that fit this description, don't you? People in leadership positions, people in media positions. <laughs> uh, you know, we have some people that fit this description. You hypocrites. Unfortunately, though, sometimes I fit that description. How about you? You ever, you ever figure out that you're not really living out what you... Thought you believed? That's being a hypocrite. Telling others to do something and then not doing it ourselves. Don't smoke when you get older. It's bad for you. (laughs) Lots of things like that, folks, that we have to be careful. But he goes on to say, why are you trying to trap me? I mean, you think about that statement and you look at who... This is compared to who they are, and you're kind of like, duh, (laughs) stupid. (laughs) And yet, don't we try to trap him sometimes? I'll do this if you do that. You give me this, and I'll do that. That's kind of a trap, folks. Tempt not the Lord thy God. So then he says, show me the coin used for paying the tax. I mean, one of the most little literal illustrations that you can think of. Just give me, give me the coin. Let me see it. And they brought him a denarius, and he asked him, whose image and inscription is this on this coin? Come on, folks, look at it. Who is it? Uh, Caesar. <laughs> well, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. And give unto God that which is God's. In other words, it's okay to pay the tax. You're just giving back to him what's his. You know, in the sacrificial system, they had a, a, a day of atonement where they took one of the goats. They had two goats. They took one and they sacrificed it. They took the other and they priests laid their hands on it and laid all of the sins of the people on that goat. Then it says they took it out of the camp and sent it to Azazel. Well, who is Azazel? Azazel is a demon, a goat god. So in other words, what God's saying is, 
Give unto Satan that which is Satan's. Give him all the evil things out of your life. Let him have all that sin back and cleanse yourself with the perfect Lamb of God. That's what he's saying. And here is kind of the same principle. Give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and give unto God that which is God's. Now, I want to ask you something, church. What is it that we have that is God's? Everything. But on top of everything we have, we also owe him gratitude, thanks, and giving him glory. Give him glory and life. And live in his glory. Filled with the Spirit. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. Now, how do we get the joy of the Lord? Part of it is by singing hymns, right, Bob? (laughs) Any of you ever get happy when you're singing? Oh, God, God blesses us so much when we give him the glory that is due him. And in return, he gives us a blessing. Uh Uh-oh, I'm getting happy feet. Well, not really, because I can't move that that well anymore. (laughs) But we get happy in Jesus, and that's a good thing. There is nothing better, nothing better. And so this principle that he teaches, it says in the last verse, when they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. You know, here they thought they had the perfect way of trapping him. Uh, he just turns it around on them. He just always, Jesus always just turns it right around on them. There is no way you can outdo God, folks. You can't outgive him. You can't outthink him. Uh, nothing. You know, God wants us to live a blessed and holy life. He wants us to live a pure life. And there is so much garbage being pushed in the world today. All this sexual garbage that is so prevalent in our society today. It's talked about literally every day. Some news outlet, some article, the, the, the schools are picking up this garbage. They're trying to change the history of the nation. All of these things are taking place. You know why? Because, yes, it's Satan, but it's because the church has lost its power. The church lost its focus. The church listened to the wrong people. Instead of following what the Bible says, we started trying to please men. That's why they got focused on numbers. Numbers of people going to church. Oh, we can bring them all in if we stop talking about the hard things in the Bible. If we don't... If we don't bash them for their sin, if we just love on them, they'll all come in and they'll get right with God. I'm sorry, you can't get right with God unless you know what your sin is. It's pointed out to you so that you can get right with God. If we don't do that, basically what we're doing is we're saying, okay, I'm your new God and I say that you're going to heaven. Just because you come to church and you're a part of this body and we love you and you love us. It don't matter if you're living in sin. That's okay. You're still going to heaven. Why do you think every funeral (laughs) you ever go to, everybody says, you know, you know this guy was the meanest person on earth. He beat his wife. He beat his kids. He was a drunk or an alcoholic or or a, 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 a drug addict or something. Mean. And at his funeral... Everybody says, well, he's in a better place now. Uh, I'm sorry. How did that happen? I missed something. Did he repent at the last breath? I mean, how do you know that? It's a hope that people have. They wish that this person had repented. They wish that he was in a better place. But unless he did repent with his last breath, otherwise... He didn't make it to a better place. 
I'm sorry, but that's just the hard truth, folks. If we don't recognize the sins that we commit against a righteous and holy God and give it to him, the glory, by confessing those sins, repenting of those sins, turning from those sins, and turning to him, and honoring him with our lives by obedience to his word. If we don't live that way, then we cannot expect to end up in heaven, folks. I am sorry, that is just the cold, hard facts. I don't care what your sin is. If we don't repent of it, when God deals with us over it, we're in trouble. From that point on, there's going to be a gap between us and him until we repent and make it right. Now, does that mean that if you sin after you're saved, you're going to hell? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But if you want to walk with God, if you want to live in the power of the Holy Spirit... If you want to be filled with that joy and that peace that comes when he says, you know that thing you did? That's wrong. I want you to confess it and repent of it. And we say, nah, I enjoy it too much. I'm going to do it again. Uh Uh-uh, folks. From that point on, we won't hear him other than to say, yep, I told you, repent. You need to do that. And if we don't, we will never walk in that joy and that peace again until we repent. That's just the way it works. You think about it this way, okay? Think about it this way. A young man, let's say a young man 18 years old, has a dispute with his mother and his father. He thinks that their limitations are just outrageous. I'm 18 years old. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to take this from you. I don't have to live that way. I can go do whatever I want. Boom. Out the door he goes. The parents don't see him for three, four, five years. He comes back home. He's strung out on drugs. (laughs) He's broke and broken. Mom, Dad, I need a place to live. Okay. But you're going to live by our rules. Oh, I can't do that. Sorry. Find another place. Well, uh, I'll try it. (laughs) But see, folks, that's the way God does. He wants us to live according to what is right. He does, he'll let us go out the door and do whatever we want. He gives us free will. He will allow us to do that. But there's a cost. There's a cost. Adam and Eve learned that cost in the garden. Everything was perfect, literally. Everything was perfect until they broke that one command that God gave them. And from then on, Sin entered the world. Not just them, but you and me, the whole world, began to decay and die at that moment. Sin, we have forgotten, I think, as a people, as a church, as a nation, we have forgotten just how ugly sin is to God. I think we really have. God says he does not wink at sin. But God also sent an answer for sin. As Wayne said this morning. God sent an answer for our sin. But we have to sincerely cry out and repent. Repentance is turning away. Turning away from that sin Not coming to Jesus and saying, I'm sorry I did that, and then going away and doing it again. And then coming back and saying, I'm sorry I did that, and then going away and doing it again. And then coming, no, I'm sorry. 
Now, sometimes it takes a while for us to get it right. Sometimes it does take a while for us to get those old habits out of the way. They don't always go away instantaneously. And in those instances, we may come back several times and cry out to God, help me, help me, help me. I don't want to do this. Help me to get over it. And he will. But if we think we can just do whatever we want, flippantly ask God to forgive us for it and go do it again, that don't work, folks, because we never gave him our heart. We gave him lip service, but we never gave him our heart. If you're here this morning and you have a need, if your heart has never really been given to God, if there's some area in your life that you have not given to God, why not take the opportunity now and cry out to God and say, Lord, cleanse me of this. Help me. I want to do what's right. I want to live for you. I want to have your glory in my life so that I can help others. I want to be a light that shines for you, that draws people to you. Say that prayer this morning. Ask God's help as we sing. Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is number 363. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's stand and sing. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace Through death into life everlasting He passed and we follow him there sin no more at dominion For more than conquerors we are Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace His word shall not fail you, He promised Believe Him and all will be well Then go to a world that is dying salvation to tell turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's do. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace 
they're living within the church. Oh God, be sick in God. Cleanse us, cleanse us, cleanse us, cleanse us. Oh God, come, come, come. Let us, let us feel that joy and that peace because we are living for you, that you are the center of all. You are the center of our life. Not TV, not the news, not the novels, not the garbage, Lord, but you. You must be in the center of our heart and our life. Your word must be the most important thing in our life. And obeying it, obeying it must be our goal, God. Bring, bring, bring the presence. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God is so good. God is so good, God is so good, He's so good to me. God is good. Amen. All the time. God is good. Oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Man, judgment's coming. Are we ready? Mm, Brother Bob. You can be seated. 